Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make you move your hips while sipping gin, girl. Make you bounce your tits like it's a jig, girl. Like boom. Hey girls, welcome back to It Girls Podcast. This is Jenny. This is Lindsay. Girlies, you sold out our show so quick. Uh, if you didn't see on Instagram, we are doing a residency. Residency. In Liberty Hall. Lindsay, take the mic and fill them in. Okay, so we are hitting the stage again, gals, for a residency in November, a little bit away, but it's, I mean, the months are flying, hon. Flying. So It Gals on the Edge. It's a brand new show. It's going to be funny as fuck. So the first night completely sold out. The second night, low ticket warning. So that's for the 13th of November. There's only 50 tickets left. And then for the 20th and the 27th, I think there's only about 200 tickets left in between those dates. So it's Actually, 200 between all three. The last between three. all three. Because we did crazy. announce another date. We're doing five weeks in a row. Due to popular demand. <laughs> Girlies, get on the 20th. That's my birthday weekend, okay, girls? So any of my Scorpio hoes out there, get in on it, girl. Yes, 4th of December is our brand new date. So that is five nights, five Saturdays. So, I mean, it's right before Christmas, before Christmas party season, which hopefully Fingy Kwasi will be lit as fuck after the past two depressing moments where yes. we haven't been able to party hardy. Party hardy. Now we are going to party super hard. It's, it's going to be on Viagra. Oh my God. No, this is going to be so fun. We've been sitting on it a while. We've been crossing our fingers and our toesies because we're like, please, please make sure this vaccine shit rolls out. But we are, we're set to go, bitch. There are, t- there's loads of gigs being booked in Dublin at the moment. They're including ours. Okay. It's happening. Every, the world is opening yes, back up. Yes. Nature so like, is healing. Get something in the diary because you don't want to be one person who's like sat at home and then being like, why didn't I come? Because that happened on our Vicar Street thing. Loads of people were like, I was going to buy tickets and it sold out. Our ticket, our show sold out. Okay. Every single show that we've done in Dublin, and this is just a straight up fucking fact, has sold out. So it is a flex, but it is also yeah, a fact. We're doing five, t- five nights and there's only like 200 tickets left in total for all day. I mean, it's not a lot of tickets and it's only May. So get the fuck on it. Tickets.ie. You'll see the uh, show there. Go on, book your seats. It is allocated seating, but just get your tickets in. That's the most important. Um, and You'll figure you know, it out. And yeah. if you have no one to go with, the perfect place to find friends who will be going for sure, because the pre-sale nearly sold out just from ex-gals alone. So sign up to our page Patreon, patreon.com forward slash it gals podcast, because that's where you can have access to the discord, which is a chat room where you're only speaking to ex gals. So super fans are all there. And if you want to go by yourself, you can like make some friends. There's a specific little subgroup for just talk about the show. So that's if you want to go on your own, you can meet up with someone, you can have a Mm -hmm. drink before and like make friends. There's like full on gals who've made friends and have like lockdown outdoor drinks together they've had brunches together all that kind of stuff so if you want to kind of get some pals who 
are like you and who you can go hang with now that the world is opening up. Yeah, speaking of Patreon, obviously uh, it's the start of the month. Best time to sign up. Patreon.com forward slash It Girls Podcast. We release weekly episodes again. So if you finish your episode really quick on a Wednesday, if you're one of those people who are like, hitting that notification bell on it, it calls, uh, which you should, by the way, subscribe. But if you are one of those people that like, you're kind of waiting and like, I know myself, I only listen to a handful of podcasts and I'm always gagging for the next episode. Cause like, you know, it's Treat hard to yourself. find. Yeah, exactly. So like, I wait for my, you know, vloggers. Yeah. And if I could just, Becking, if they had a Patreon, I would be signing up. Like, we sign up to Patreon ourselves for our content creators yeah. that we like. We did a hilarious episode last week, which was kind of like, I just opened up about my birth stories, yes. like Luna's head popping out of my V. <laughs> it was actually such an iconic episode. We talked about, like, parenting, and, like, I talked about, like, the pressures. So if you don't have kids, there's also a lot of content that, of, like, the pressures of, like, being 30 and people asking you questions and, like, mm-hmm. do you want kids? And making that decision, it's a hard one. And, you know, even ma- you don't want to make the decision to prematurely because then you're like what if I can't you know it's scary and I I mean you know we are sold this idea that women can have it all now which Mm -hmm. is wonderful but can we have it all so I totally just wanted to tell our listeners and explain what pregnancy is was like for me as a young mom what like giving birth is like what Mm -hmm. like you know being a mom as well you're totally bombarded with like what kind of mom you want to be are you a good mom are you you know like a healthy mom are you this kind of mom are you a glam mom and it's like super intense and also we spoke about which if you check out our um instagram jenny made a little reel of a hilarious story um, i was on it it goes on it goes yeah Oh yeah, that was on it, girls. <laughs> that story was it, girls. Oh my god, yeah. Winchester yes. Hagen, but we are going to be discussing. We have an update on him, which will be going on this week. We also have an episode about Courtney Stodden. So I'm sure you guys know she was in the news lately. There was a big kind of controversy with Chrissy Teigen, but we kind of felt like the Chrissy Teigen stuff was taking away from the topic of what the fuck with Courtney Stodden. We she was just like meat for the press to fucking devour. It was crazy. We did a huge dissection of that story. Also, we, she's engaged now. She just announced no an way. engagement. Yes. Interesting. So um, we also, of course, have our live stream, um, which we're doing another one next week. Uh, We do now we're upping it to two live streams a month because they are just that fucking fun. We got boo boo on the mic. We are got our neon sign. We're talking about it's really, really fun. It's a cute way for us to kind of catch up with you guys Mm -hmm. and like have a bit of interaction. And it's just so much fun. There's a bank of them as well to watch back on. There is. And we're going to do kind of more like, I think for the next one, there's been a good bit of celeb stuff. Like Michelle Heaton was recently in rehab. She came out as an alcoholic and a coke addict, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Liberty X work just a, a little, little bit. So we're going to talk about her on the live stream because, you know, why not? And go through Daily Mail and just chat mm-hmm. super like fluid and low-key yeah. kind of vibe. The, the live streams are fun because like I know a lot of people and one reason why we started them is because loads of people say that like when they're listening to the pod, they're talking back to us, but now you actually can't. Like we can literally yeah. be like, what do you guys think of this? And then people, you know, give us feedback. We also like, you know, there's loads of stuff with XLs. Like you get, we, they all got pre-sale to our show. We showed them the poster beforehand. We kind of go back and forth. So that's a fiver a month. If you want to sign up, go for it. This week on the podcast, the one you're listening to right now, we have a really exciting episode. So uh, we've always been asked, as you guys know, we have a dissecting series, okay? We take an it girl or like, you know, something that kind of lives within the it 
it girl world and we like to dissect them we like to talk about their career how they became you know like notable and how they became kind of iconic as an it girl and we've always been asked you know to do the kardashians and obviously like i mean duh, the kardashians are it girls they are like they'd be well known they're yeah they'd be well known they're they're famous for being famous you know they're like kind of the prototype of it now they're also a prototype of of the whole influencer face so much so um body type yeah so influential in you know you could argue bad ways and good ways so but you know Lindsay and I aren't like experts with the Kardashians you know obviously like everyone we know about them but we're not like you know well there's so much much. where do you even begin to start with dissecting those bitches yes so I was scrolling away on TikTok um literally I found this girl within my first few weeks of TikTok um her name is MJ and she has an amazing uh Instagram page and TikTok page called Kardashian Colloquium and she was the first person that I came across I was like she has a really interesting take on the Kardashians because she's not coming from it from a stand perspective but she's also not coming from it from a hater perspective which are kind of the only two things you get with the Kardashians because they are a Marmite vibe so she is a psychotherapist she is really well read and she has a really just interesting analysis on the Kardashians you know that way so we invite her on the pod and it's a really interesting episode she's amazing we loved her so go listen and enjoy and follow her on TikTok. She fully looks like Lana Del Rey. I, I felt like I was on Skype to Lana Del Rey. <laughs> I know. We were both like starstruck. I was starstruck. I was anyway, like, sing the- video games. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was the first person I ever spoke to on Zoom, like from TikTok. I was like, this is mental. I know. <laughs> She's so cool. Super, super intelligent. So it was a great listen. So enjoy, gals. So uh, today, thank you so much for joining us via Zoom, uh, is MJ <laughs> from Kardashian Colloquium, the TikTok and Instagram account. How are you? I'm so good today. How are you? We're great. Thanks so much for joining us uh, in the AM where you are. Very, very uh, professional of you. <laughs> 10 a.m. Yes, but for you guys. <laughs> it's like 6 p.m. here. We're like wow, wishing the way the day away. But yeah. um, about to go to Betty. <laughs> yes, we. So as I was saying, Lindsay and I have wanted to do um, an episode discussing the Kardashians for some time now. We have a series on this pod, which all you listeners will know, where we kind of dissect an it girl because that is like our pen name, you know, and who bigger of an it girl for the 21st century than Kim and then the kind of, you know, the greater family of the Kardashians. Oh, the spawn. Yes. So you Mm -hmm. have, so uh, uh, MJ, you have a fascinating TikTok account and Instagram account that I came across first on TikTok. So, you know, the algorithm's working. Um, And I'd love to know how you and why you decided to start the account. Yeah. So now it was a few years ago. I still sometimes talk about it. Like, oh, I started this Instagram account a year and a half ago. It was in 2018. I mean, we kind of lost a year with 2020, I guess, but I was never interested really in reality TV. I kind of just dismissed it the way people do as like junk food for the brain. And I'd always been aware of Kim Kardashian and kind of like didn't mind her presence in the pop culture landscape. And I liked when she got with Kanye and I paid attention kind of just tabloid wise and on social media when that happened, just the images of it, but I didn't have any interest in the show. Um, and then one day my roommate put the show on while she was like moving and doing errands around chores around the house. And I didn't, I was, it was a Bora Bora episode where Kim and Rob are fighting and they're on vacation and Courtney and Scott are like working through Scott's drinking problem. Um, and I was really struck by the balance of real and staged. Like 
I was watching it and I was seeing these reality TV kind of tropes happening of like, I don't know, I, someone trips and it's like kind of like silly or the silly editing. But then in the fight with Rob between with Kim and Rob, um, it, it seemed really real. And so I found myself just really affected by trying to figure out when a moment felt real and when a moment felt staged. And I showed it to my sister and I was like, the show is actually deep, but there's something like real about the show or kind of powerful about it. And she was a media studies major and she was like, oh, you got to read John Baudrillard. So it was, I, I kind of just went on a learning journey and I've been sharing that with my social media. I just can't like think about these things without wanting to put the thoughts somewhere. And it kind of just ballooned. It was something a lot of people uh, resonated with because I think a lot of us sense that interesting tension in the show and in their brand. And I'm kind of putting words to what I think a lot of people are sensing and feeling as my, as my sense. Yeah. I think, I think that's the essence of the Kardashians because on one hand, you know, you talk a lot about the dichotomy of them and on one hand, they are this kind of plastic, very kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, you think of them as not very deep, but then you look at the show and there's elements of that reality. There's elements of them that you can look into in a deep way. And it's it's almost like that's what keeps you interested, I think, as a viewer. And I think that's why their show has been so successful. But it's very hard to put your finger on, I think, that kind of dichotomy. Yes, totally. I think it's what keeps us watching. Even the, yes, you'll see it everywhere in every aspect of what they do when you start like looking at it through that lens. Even the fact that one of the main points of discussion about the Kardashians is that they're fake and their plastic surgery, lots of speculation about their plastic surgery, lots of investment from the public and how they look and their transformation. Um, but I would argue two things. One, um, there is a, a real pleasure and satisfaction and investment in watching depictions of transformation. Like humans are wired to want to pay attention to transformation. We're, we're wired to evolve. Um, so there's honestly like a biological drive, I think, to be intrigued. We like watching stories of journeys. There's a reason for this. Um, I also think we see how quote unquote fake they are and constructed they are in their appearances, but then they do have this real sisterly comfort. And so there's even an interesting tension in the fakeness and how they present, but then these real significant kernels of truth to their bonds and their relationships. And I think that's some of their power too. It's just that we're constantly trying to figure out where to be balanced when we, when we engage with them. They are definitely like, as a family, it is kind of, you know, you look like you touched upon Scott and his drinking issues. We've obviously seen them like, you know, recycle fellas, this whole yeah. thing is coming out about Travis Barker that apparently Kim Kardashian was caught in the bed with him years ago. So it, they're very kind of like, you know, modern for lack of a better word in that in that sense of like, you know, kind of having multiple men and like, you know, not being that afraid to kind of showcase that and not feeling like then, you know, when comments come out about the possible divorce with Kim and Kanye, they don't need to like, you know, release these big statements straight away that we see from a lot of other celebrities. But they do kind of, you know, so that's the kind of modern phase of them. But then they also are quite like tight knit as a family and very bound together. And that's quite old fashioned. Yes, I great observation. I've noticed this too. I think part of why they're so powerful and watchable is that they are kind of a modern family. They're a blended family, like Kris Jenner remarried Caitlyn and then they had more kids. And so there was the Brady Bunch aspect of it. There are interracial relationships. There are 
um, Caitlin came out, there's queerness in the family. So they really do reflect social forces that are happening um, in this modern world that we live in. And I think that's compelling to people and it speaks to people. Um, lots of intergenerational stuff. There's MJ, the grandma, hanging out with the grandkids a lot. And so really interesting stuff there. And then they all have had kids. So then there's the younger generation. Um, and then there is also, there's that modern element, but then they're also randomly traditional. So even though Kim is like covering Playboy and Chris is taking pictures of her and that's kind of like, you know, feels racy for some people. Then there's episodes where Kim is weighing in on the fact that Scott and Courtney aren't getting married and taking issue with that and saying, I think you should get married before you have kids. So I think they also kind of mindfuck people that way because mm-hmm. they'll hit on those values. They'll hit on um, a certain kind of progressiveness too. And it's, you can really see this, like, we, I call it dialectics. Um, you see their dialectics and everything that they do. Yeah, I think um, the intergenerational thing is interesting because you made me think there of like, you know, almost why there's elements that, you know, multiple generations would know of them because obviously, you know, our generation would know of Kim, you know, we kind of grew up with Kim becoming this it girl, surpassing Paris, but then you have the link with the OJ Simpson trial, which I think is so interesting because obviously that was such a huge, that was like, you know, I think the most viewed ever court case publicly on TV, early nineties, if I'm correct. And obviously, as we know, Kim's dad, Rob, uh, Robert Kardashian was one of uh, the attorneys on the case. So I think that's so interesting too when I remember when I found that out that was one of the first times when I had this weird like almost like an aneurysm I was like hold on there was this link with like the like Brody Jenner and then there was the Kardashian thing and like they all knew Nicole I was just like that is like it's like this like they were planting the seeds for this crazy family and even the fact that like Kim Kardashian was Paris Hilton's wardrobe yeah. organizer and then Scott Disick is going out with Sophia Ritchie. Yeah. It's this like amalgamation of insanity. And they yes. never seem to really be shaken too much. Like obviously yeah. before say Caitlyn Jenner came out and there was so much speculation around um, what was going on there. And you know, when she came out with the Vanity Fair cover and then her own show, it was just like, they again, weren't really shaken. They, mm. they stay very much together. They kind of, they, we are faced with quite intense scrutiny in their mm-hmm. lives. And then that's obviously like, you know, from the media perspective, it's like, so it's like they're getting kicked around a lot, but then they're just living their lives, wearing their Fendi with their <laughs> fake books, bopping around, <laughs> making more babies yeah. and more money. Yes, absolutely. Well, first to speak to um, one of the points, I think they're very aneurysm inducing. I also think, so I, I hear you. Um, they're very relational. So all these like kind of webs of relations are some of some of their power and makes them a dynasty in a way. The fact that there's the Jenners and then the Richies and then the pair, all of that, it's it's been building for sure. Um, and also to speak to the OJ trial, that was one of the most iconic viral events in in more recent history. You could argue that it was um, one of the first viral events as media was really expanding. Um, And like, I remember, I remember being a little kid and my mom watching that on the news, like the white Bronco. And so that was part of, that was definitely encoded in their upbringings. And if you wanted to look at it through a psychological perspective, you could even argue when we go through 
traumas or, you know, major life events, sometimes we find ways to replay them or confront them again to kind of try to master them and, and feel like we are proof to ourselves we're capable of surviving or overcoming. So you could, if you wanted to be, you know, a little bit um, over the top, but um, think that the Kardashians went through a lot when they were kids witnessing that. That was a big rupture in their family. And perhaps the pursuit of fame was a little deeper than just the vanity driven, I want to be famous in that way that, you know, it's not your higher self. Um, it could be something like, I want to master this experience. And and replay it and this time have control over the narrative and that's what they're so good at as we know i think everyone can agree at least the kardashians are very good at controlling the narrative however they feel about the kardashians Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think you know even with when i think of like something else that was probably really traumatic for them that happened obviously was the loss of their father it seemed to be like it's constantly referenced in the show there's even this even when uh, chris was still married to caitlin it was still a narrative that she was still saying i love i still love your father i love your father which i always found really bizarre i was like you know that's your partner and you're kind of openly saying that you're still in love she kind of also insinuated that she like um prematurely divorced him and then he got cancer and died very suddenly and I wonder you know when you look at the Kardashians and I think it's part of the element of why they're on one hand so revered but also on one hand why they get so much hate is because they are a dynasty of women and it was like losing that kind of patriarchal element in their family made them all kind of kind of step into that role to a sense specifically Chris Mm -hmm. I think but also Kim to an extent yeah Kim I think always picked up quickly on what Chris was trying to do and was like I'm here to do it I think they have a very collaborative dynamic and they're good team I mean what they did really worked and the loss of Robert Sr for sure influences like every aspect of what they do. And I would argue it all culminates into the hologram. Like the hologram was wild. Um, The hologram tapped into what, if we want to go way back, was my initial interest in simulation stuff and simulacrum stuff and all of those concepts. Like whenever Tupac was debuted at Coachella as a hologram, it freaked me out. I didn't see it live. I saw videos of it. And I remember posting a Facebook status like, why do I feel so disturbed by this? Like I felt kind of sick and someone commented with a link to the Wikipedia article for uncanny Valley, which is like when humans look at robots and they are kind of like dismayed and unsettled because you're looking to relate to the humanity and this like almost human being, but then it's not, it's soul isn't there. It's spirit isn't there. It's like realness isn't there. And the Kardashians play with that nebulous space a lot of like what is constructed and what is fake just to go back to the, I guess, first topic. Um, So the fact that Kanye brought in a simulation of Rob senior following like at that point, 19 seasons of the Kardashians mythologizing Robert, keeping him alive through their stories and narratives was very, it, it pretty much says everything you need to say about the Kardashians and what they do and how Kanye understands what they do and how he elevated them. Cause even though I'm, I believe strongly that the Kardashians are not immune to misogyny. Some people like to say, because they're so privileged and problematic, they don't face misogyny. They absolutely do. Um, that's, there's a lot of girl power in that aspect of it. I almost didn't want to give one man credit for helping to elevate them because of the power of that aspect of their project. 
but I do have to give it to Kanye for how you know troubled he is and a lot of the stuff he's done wrong in the past few years and a lot of the tragic things that have happened with him. Um, Kanye is what it was a really interesting meeting of of artists because I would say what they do is a certain kind of art and then another artist but then an artist and muses mm-hmm. and he changed him but not only Kim it was the ripple effect on all of them like they were all wearing Yeezys they were all like suddenly super neutral they were much more aesthetic in how they produced the show and stylized the show and I think that was all Kanye I don't know how I got myself there but just just you acknowledge mean- that you mentioned at the start that that's kind of when you first got maybe a bit gripped by the Kardashians was that union. And I think the whole world definitely they when we saw because before she had been with kind of like half celebs, people that like she was definitely transcending above, um, you know, what they were. But Kanye was and is like hugely famous. And to see that union, I think it's like, you know, the the power couple is like historically just makes, you know, us all so intrigued and um you know they both grew so much in that relationship so it's kind of odd that like now apparently you know the divorce is happening there's Mm -hmm. been no like specific statements as you said we've seen like Kanye go through like serious kind of troubled times and we're not really sure what's going on or where Kim stands in that if she is like you know what what do you think from your observations is like that relationship because it seems like for sure it's the most kind of important maybe out of all the um out of all the Kardashians and Jenner is like that's the one that really made headlines and really seemed to transcend their kind of fame and status yeah so like how would you describe that how do you think they changed that kind of implemented its importance into their family oh yeah no, they were they they were an iconic power couple for sure and and uh, uh, certainly like the American media, but it sounds like beyond. Um, and also to give you ladies credit, I never thought about this, um, that there's not, there hasn't been a formal statement yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's so interesting. I have to do some thinking about that there. Yeah. It's leaked to the, it's leaked quote unquote to the press and it's been discussed and they, they know, we know, but they haven't, they haven't started to control that narrative yet. And I'm wondering how they will. And there's certainly intentionality to the fact that they haven't confronted it yet. Um, there was a really interesting New York magazine article mythologizing the relationship at at the advent of the divorce rumors. Um, And people hated it. Like there were so many mean comments because it was this very like sappily written um, mythologizing reflection on what their relationship meant. And I was here for it because one day I think it will be perceived that way when we look back on images of them. Um, I think that the muse and artist relationship like the Svengali like relationship, like, but not so toxic, um, really captivated people because people love to hate Kim already. And then Kanye created a situation where at the time where Kanye was at in his career, Kanye's approval was a certain kind of validation. Kanye was divisive for his like history of grandiosity and like impulsivity. But there was, I think this like national consensus, like Kanye might be unstable or whatever your perception of him is. I was into Kanye before um, he started being so like Trumpy. it was still a stamp of validation. So it's like Kanye sees something in Kim. And I think he had a quote to Vogue or something that was like, she created something that was very powerful and compelling to people or something. So Kanye seeing what was up with them and what was so like their potential, I think made people take her a little more seriously. I think you can see that even in the fact that she got a Met Gala invite and then 
the next time she was at the Met Gala, he was the plus one. Mm-hmm. So and more she got the Vogue cover with him. Yeah. Yes. Right. The Vogue cover that like, and I forgot about this. I was like cognizant when it came out, but I kind of forgot because I wasn't watching their show yet. Um, when I was reading about that Vogue cover recently, just for research for something I'm working on, that cover was divisive. Mm-hmm. Someone, I think Sarah Michelle Geller said like, I'm never buying a cover of a copy of Vogue again. And people were like, Vogue is like, you know, demeans now in my eyes because Kim Kardashian was on the cover and like who's, it was I mean, divisive. And that was the changing point of Vogue America because Anna Wintour was so apprehensive mm-hmm. to stop using models on the cover of Vogue and go down the kind of route that every other magazine and where celebrity was going, which is like the death of the model and the like, just, yeah. the, you know, we want. Gigi we want Bella we want actresses it girls you and know it, people yeah we want to know more about them we mm-hmm. don't want some like Slovenian like slight <laughs> 14 woman year on, old. yeah we want to know <laughs> like we want we want to know like and we knew so much about Kim Kardashian and we just need them on the cover for some reason because it buy it makes you want to buy because you want to see what they're yeah. talking about I think that yeah. cover as well you touched on something there about about the do- divisive nature and you know people saying I'm not buying Vogue anymore it kind of reminds me of the public so as uh, the, the not the public, the more celebrity reaction of Kim and Kanye actually joining forces, because as you noted, like Kanye was this like super cool figure. You know, he was uh, you know famously you know went to Paris and like took over Fashion Week, and you know yeah. had really got a stamp of like a cool fucker in like yeah. celebrity world. And the Kardashians were still seen as D list, even though they were A list reality stars and famously you had you know Jay-Z and Beyonce not going to the wedding you had uh, multiple rappers and people you know uh, you know colleagues of Kanye's coming out kind of being like I'm not here for this relationship like Kanye has you know he's not he's not the guy anymore and it it was an interesting and I think that people really related in a way or not related I guess like admired um Kanye's devotion to Kim and that he was willing to kind of sacrifice his reputation to be with this woman he loved and I think that that goes again to this weird relatability of the Kardashians where they're so unrelatable in so many ways but then there's these tiny elements of their life that we can be like I wish I had that like Kanye and Kim are just like me like you know he forfeit this stuff. I think it's also like the kind of comfort of being like if Kim Kardashian who is like the one of the most beautiful women and she's Mm. now seen as something that like is potentially embarrassing to Mm. be with what like you know we've all been that girl where maybe you're seeing someone and they kind of like you know are a bit wanting to keep it under wraps or whatever so when you see someone like Kim Kardashian being kept under wraps regardless of her wealth her fame and it's kind of like she's like (laughs) ridiculous comparison but like she's like this Mary Magdalene type of no totally 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 um there is there's the relatability on that piece that she was kind of viewed in this demeaned way and then was elevated um and the transformation intrinsic to that and then there's for me there's also something interesting about what was going on for her before she transitioned into a relationship with Kanye so her relationship with Chris Humphreys and like how epically embarrassing that was mm-hmm. um I thought it would ever be relatable to me I actually wrote an article or an essay about my own experience that came many years later of being in a relationship that I checked all the boxes so I wanted to be I wanted to make it work 
I believe Kim wanted to make it work with Chris Humphreys, like for the show, for the narratives in her own mind of I'm going to be 30. He's like checks boxes in terms of being a successful athlete. And I guess she liked that he was a Christian and he was handsome. And I believe they had physical chemistry at first. I actually do. And he would fit on the show for letters, the letter K, like <laughs> just kind of like the, whatever it was in the chemicals happened in the beginning more often. It was like, what have I done? Like, this is so awkward. I was in something like that. Um, and she had to face the fact that she couldn't force this fairy tale and then face like an uncertain future of like okay this like vision I had isn't gonna work now I'm back to square one and then she met Kanye or not met him but like their reconnection happened Mm -hmm. and it be for a time a real fairy tale and it was like the most beautiful epic thing for their show for their lives their mythologies their images everything um for what they were creating so I think there's also a a redemption story in that that I found I found kind of interesting I think um Chris Humphreys was so interesting, especially because like that whole marriage was just, you know, there was so much media around it and it was so exciting and like, and it did look like visibly, it did look quite like the idea of fairy tale. And I'd say, Mm -hmm. Kim, you know, I think we've all been with that person as well, where it maybe feels quite safe. So you think, oh, this must be the feeling of like, you know, something comfortable and trustworthy. Like, you know, they probably, they seem to get on quite well he's yeah. quite a predictable person and it seemed like okay this is like pretty you know this could be the way my life is gonna go I'm pretty lucky that it's gonna go down this road and this simple guy he's successful but he's not problematic and then obviously she you know reconnects with Kanye who is this like brilliant mind who is probably a much more complicated partner to be with and like a more difficult route to go down yeah. and you know and one that she famously rejected for so long I mm-hmm. always find that a fascinating thing that they part of the story that they always Kim and Kanye always and on the show the her sisters would always mention how he was in love with her for so long since she was Princess Leia on this SNL skit as far as I know and he wow. he had like you know been lusting after her for mm. years and writing all these songs about her and even when he was with you know these other women he always thought of Kim and then finally she chose him and I think that that was almost another relatable aspect where it's like yes Kim you know got with Chris they married and it was devastating and embarrassing when their relationship exploded but then you know the guy was there all along he was right under her nose patiently waiting and I felt like when you go back to the fairy tale element it's like you know it was like she thought that it's a new fairy tale thought, it's yeah, a modern fairy she tale she thought one was yeah. fairy tale but it was actually the second option and again as you said Lindsay I think that's really interesting that like I've never thought of it that way that totally Chris was so safe and Kanye was the complete opposite. the opposite but I think as well like Kim probably while she was with Chris saw herself as this safe kind of person we could see by her image she was probably thinking okay I can maintain this level of fame you know I'm kind of liked it's kind of an easy territory but then I feel like Chris didn't get her and then when you see someone like Kanye it's like he saw more of Kim than she saw and Mm. was able to like bring her out and like creatively Kim is clearly a businesswoman which you know she's clearly also a brilliant mind but she maybe doesn't have the like creativity that Kanye has so I think together they balanced as a power couple that she was the business brain and Mm -hmm. he's the creative genius and they bounce off each other like that and then they like accelerated what they were creating and making so quickly because they did have that wavelength some people might say that like are into astrology it's that gemini libra connection that like brain connection of two air signs that are both about like duality um 
And it makes me think of the episode from this past week, actually, um, what you're saying about she thought she kind of landed on something safe that was congruent with her image, but there was more. Um, there was a moment in the most recent episode, the Truman Show episode, um, where they're reflecting on their, the former houses that they all at once lived in. And um, at some point she was like, we thought that I'd made it, you guys. Like, can you imagine? They're talking about like this amazing Los Angeles mansion that she, I guess, was in for a while. And the la- the joke about it was like, this amazing mansion was only the beginning. Like she went, she would go on to make it to insane magnitudes. And so in a way it's like, she probably figured with Chris, he's this like perfect guy for me and my image. But little did she know there was Kanye who was going to blow open the ceiling and it was going to become bigger and bigger. It's yeah, that's fascinating. I think we're looking at, sorry, I just wanted to change the conversation a little bit because I think it's really interesting. And I remember so uh, vividly when Kanye and Kim started getting together publicly and Kanye was going on like I think Wendy Williams and certain other shows and talking about yeah. how um because he'd been publicly with Amber Rose before mm-hmm. who was this like you know known as a kind of she used to strip and um she's beautiful yeah. she's like vivacious they were an amazing looking couple together as well they were quite like and they were an it couple and a power couple too um yeah and then you know obviously Kim has as we all know started and is known from her sex tape Mm-hmm. Now yeah. when Kim and Kanye got together There was conversation um, Or Kanye I think very much tarred Amber Rose And spoke yeah. quite badly about her um, Saying that like he had to take a certain amount of showers Before Kim would like sleep with him Because you know insinuating that Amber Rose was dirty Which was like mm. very it kind of, I was younger back then and maybe not as like versed as I am now about kind of like how how slut yeah. shamey that was but especially coming from someone who literally has been seen by most of the world having sex with someone else so I right. th- I always didn't understand that or how that would even make me feel because he was kind of trying to compliment or like put Kim on some kind of pedestal yeah. of like um this like purity kind of yeah no, say, uh, honestly, we're on the same page with that question because I forgot that happened, didn't know that happened until recently, again, when I was doing some deep dive for research and I came across that quote and I had the exact same thought of like, Kim's beginnings were not so different. Kim sells sex as well. That's part of the Kardashian brand. So I'm not sure where Kanye is going with that ex- besides his extreme drive to... Um, project a certain narrative onto Kim that a lot of people have been really t- like my commenters and followers talk a lot about how they don't feel like Kanye can handle how big Kim Kim's image got. And I guess he took issue with her Met Gala dress for the camp theme and it was too sexy. Um, when I did he take issue those, with that? Yeah. He t- I guess he had issue that it was like too sexy oh, and her sure. brand was, it was okay. too sex driven. Um, and so it could be that Kanye wants to project a certain purity onto Kim that she might not even be co-signing on even which, though Christianity is part of the Kardashian brand as well mm-hmm. which definitely came out and was bled out in the media before the demise of their relationship which mm-hmm. was that you know Kanye seemed to be more um you know talking about the way that Kim is presenting herself like on Instagram yeah. and everything like that and Kim fully seems to have like not taken heed at all which in, again is yeah. quite like inspiring that she is you know 
she has been doing what she's been doing for many years and she's not going to get, you know, she is like coming up against all the, the kind of, she's a mother, she's now a wife, but she's still doing what she was doing before and yes. being even more extra with it than ever. Totally. I think there's something, there's a lot of like questions within, I think, feminist discourse around what it means to be a strong woman in the modern world. And there's sometimes this thing of like, we don't have to pick one, like parenting, motherhood, family, or career and professional life. Like we can do it all. There's like a, we can do it all feminism. And I think now there is some critique of that. Like, why are we expected to do it all and be able to do it all? Like, that's a lot to take on. Um, but Kim Kardashian does kind of like manifest that image. Like the, the Kardashians in general, I think they really, really have kind of found a mastery of it because of their economic ability to do it and their privilege. Um, but they also just sort of like stand for that vision of feminist success of like, we're mothers, it looks like we're great mothers. We've got all these kids. We love our kids. We nourish our family sort of life. And we're like these badass business women. It's, it's both inspiring and like probably impossible to really strike that balance the way that they can. But you're right. Like she's thriving. She's projecting an image of thriving post whatever this divorce is or separation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, that's an interesting point and I think we can now start talking a little bit because we've kind of covered a lot of Kim I mean there's so much you could talk to just about Kim alone but I really want to move on and kind of talk about the greater family the sisters less so Rob um, more so the sisters because as I said like they are this like feminine driven dynasty and I, I, I really I'm always interested in like you know, where do you think the sisters, mainly, I guess we can talk about the Kardashian sisters, so Chloe and Courtney first, where did they fit in around Chris and uh, Kim's world? Because I do see Chris and Kim almost as the parents of the dynasty yeah. and then everyone else is kind of like the children. Um, what, what do you think about that? My sense, well, I think they all participate. I think that Courtney was kind of branded this outsider that's above it that doesn't get the same kind of surgery and and kind of like now and then will get upset and want to leave the show and then they're kind of mad at her about it but I do think that's part of her brand I think it's like there's kernels of truth to it just like with everything that's interesting about them but I think she still retweets things from Kardashian what you know viewers and 
will engage in her narratives of being over it. There's some Twitter exchange where someone's like, Courtney should just leave the show if she doesn't want to be on it. And then she retweeted that fan's tweet and said, I am, or I did. And then that creates more drama. They retweet fans as a, you know, social media engagement strategy. So she's still engaging in the whole system. Um, So I think that Courtney participates and she adds an important thing to balance to the whole, um, all the dynamics. Chloe plays a really important role, I think, as like the MC in a way. Chloe is charismatic and she's a really good mediator and she understands the point of the show, I think, very much. And I think she has a lot of um, preemptive defensiveness of being perceived as jealous of Kim or wanting to be like Kim. Like I see that come up throughout different seasons, different episodes. Um, You know, we all know that Chloe's very insecure and the level of insecurity is proportionate to also what amazing value she brings to the show. And so I think that's what's hard for people to watch. Um, but she gets it. She's fun and she can really seam things together. Um, we, I once had like a conversation with my sister that we did for our, our own little like video for my Instagram. And we kind of came to decide that Chloe was the seam that brings it all together. She's a visible seam in a way. And it's kind of like a weird, like, symbolic parallel with like how obvious her plastic surgery is and she's kind of doing everything the kardashians do but it's really obvious when chloe does it if that makes sense it's kind of interesting we spoke about chloe actually um we did a live on our patreon a couple weeks ago um after that like infamous now um photo came out of chloe where she was demanding Mm -hmm. that it be removed from the internet she obviously looked great but she yeah um and then she released that statement about her body and about how it's affected her and you know really famous like video body check thing which I just found again that was like another aneurysm inducing thing of like it I was mean just it was bizarre watching it kind of unfold live you it know? was like you touched yeah. upon the fact that yeah. um the Kardashians kind of you know are very careful with their narrative and how they present themselves and we're seeing hugely popular now for um celebrities to kind of come up against these um negative connotations towards them and how it was actually affecting their mental health however it did seem quite hypocritical coming from such a dynasty who is like projecting such an image of perfection without disclosing really what's going on or lying a lot of the time um about like why how they've changed how they maintain their bodies you know post babies what's going on they very very much are tight-lipped and what's interesting I think about Chloe is like you said she's charismatic she's really funny and witty and um but she seems to have kind of digressed from that and like be leaning into the like image more so and like you know we saw her with that show about like the the revenge body and she's super obsessed with her body and I think that's where people are kind of like you know Kim Kardashian is like quite obviously obsessed with her image and puts so much work into her image because she's quite like her personality is kind of meh like it's it's nice she seems fine but like in comparison to Chloe and her quick wit and like her one-liners she doesn't really have that um so she has to present her image so it's just for me Chloe I wish she we she leaned into her like personality more she's definitely been kind of like straying from that in recent years no totally like in the most recent season and I have I stopped at season 13 um and then jumped to season 20 when it started because I've been watching chronologically so there's a lot of 
all of their development that I've missed, to be honest. Um, so now jumping to season 20 to keep up with this final season, I'm seeing where Chloe's at and there's a real dilution to her personality. Um, it's kind of weird, this like flatness. There's still moments where the personality like shines through a little, but it has to be induced by like a circumstance or something, a joke with a sister or something. And it's, it's really uncanny to see that. Um, and I think it's a case of the feedback loop of insecurity that can happen. Like her partner, like cheated on her while she was pregnant with someone, uh, you know, in the family, like a friend of the family. Mm -hmm. And then the way the press dealt with that and the way she dealt with it and the way the audience has dealt with the way she dealt with it. I think she kind of funnels these hits that she takes into more control of her appearance. Um, yeah. And people do that. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think about when she was probably at her peak of like being super charismatic and funny was when her and Courtney had, it was a huge part of the show that they had this kind of rep, uh, like repertoire between them, that they had this like back and forth banter. They had a really great relationship that Kim definitely seemed very separate to it was kind of when Kim was really getting involved with Kanye and that kind of seemed to be her kind of main yeah. priority and they had their own shows it was like Courtney and Chloe's like they had spin-off mm -hmm. shows and I, it was like the show and the kind of dynasty itself really was like embracing Courtney's or Chloe should I say and Courtney's like kind of their personalities and then it seemed yeah. to veer off from that I think if we're to talk about Courtney um something you said earlier made me like I made a mental note where you were saying that her kind of role is this kind of almost like the rebel against the show she's a bit too cool for the show um and if we think about how earlier on in the episode we were kind of mentioning there was almost like blueprints always being made it's like this was this blueprint for now for her to go out with Travis Barker yeah which is like yeah. you know I watched one of your TikToks earlier and you were kind of you made a point which was you know very interesting that like although they have gone out with other you know types of artists like um Travis Scott and Kanye West other musicians they've never really veered into skate punk and mm -hmm. pop punk it's always been rap which kind of makes more sense you know they kind of go more hand in hand what do you think yeah. of that relationship because it's fascinating to see it unfold in front of us I think yeah totally I'm really proud of that video and TikTok took it down because Courtney's like naked butt in the picture oh, oh, <laughs> like, no. naked because of her nude bikini that like incredibly extra picture um I think there that's why it's so compelling for us I think Travis Barker is this pop punk skate punk kind of figure and he's iconic in his own realm like he's known to be a great drummer like and a technically great musician um so he fits with that outsider kind of status that Courtney has nourished through the years and because he's so established on his own and it's so alien to their brand, I think there's a feeling of like, is he going to survive the Kardashian curse? Is he going to like be able to withstand the pressure of the family? Are they going to more be like renegades together away from the family, which I think is a strong sense we all have. And that adds to like their manic appeal. Um, and then there's the interesting balance of he's got this skater tattooed sort of brand, but he's a family man too. And so he kind of shares Courtney's values. And so they're also striking kind of a fun balance of rebellious and, you know, Courtney's got this rock and roll style really coming out extra right now, but you can picture them with their kids and apparently he's sober and he's vegan and that's all important stuff to Courtney. So I like it. I think it's fun to watch. It also adds an element of drama because season 20 has been all about building tension between Scott and Courtney and a will they won't they kind of way. So 
I'm I'm keeping up with this for sure. I think that's yeah. why we all are. I love their relationship. I think it's it, it's fascinating, but it's also it kind of reminds me of like another parallel to Kim's relationship when you think of Chris moving on to Kanye it's like she Uh, had Scott she tried to make it work for so long he was this kind of like only really famous because of the Kardashians he was like you're every season you're watching him fail and fail and fail mm -hmm. and that is this you know now what we're seeing leaked through the press is like Travis has lived beside Courtney for so long their kids have been friends for so long you know it's like almost another like you know the right guy right under your nose like he's yes a rebel like Scott but he's like a reformed rebel like he's really good in in his career he's sober as you're saying he kind of fits her life more um but they are Mm. insanely chaotic online I love it I mean I love how how they're just going for it and they're kind of being these like it's like I'm loving the whole like Megan Fox machine gun Kelly it's like they're just the twin version of that um but I I what I love about it is the extra element so obviously we see like the Kardashians cannot stop creating babies like they just have baby after baby after baby after baby and Travis Barker has two kids and they like have their own Instagram accounts they have been for years and Travis Barker also like I think he's quite like I don't know if you if he would relate to like being this like homegrown kind of guy anymore because like if you think of like that was decades ago that he had that show Meet the Barkers yes. so he was very much like they would be have that in common where they yes. have started off with this kind of reality um you know that really solidified Travis as this kind of like pop culture hero like Blink One Eight Two he was like probably one of the most you know the first famous drummers like usually they're just in the back banging around no one cares about them but um so this what I'm loving about this relationship is the fact that we have his ex Shayna is her name right yeah and she Mm -hmm. is now continuously coming out against um against Travis saying that he is stopping her from like being a parent that uh he Travis apparently she met she found out that he had been sleeping with Kim and that's what ended their relationship etc so it's like when you kind of put you know Travis obviously is like quite careful and is Mm -hmm. you know maintaining his sense of celebrity and like not not like leaking information other than like the most ridiculous OTT photos but Shayna because she is more removed from um the, yeah. the kind of hot celebrityness she kind of dipped the toe in but then was sacked off when she was dumped and now apparently right. the kids just like to be around him because he has the wealth and she's now trying to scramble maybe to get some sense of like notoriety by spilling all this like intense drama and it's kind of like you're yeah. then you can't trust your exes especially if they like you know she was what a playboy model you know yeah. she had that like moment on that reality show but like it's been they've been divorced I think 10 years mm. and she's still harping on yeah. liking tweets about like <laughs> oh he downgraded like it's just <laughs> right. so embarrassing no it is and what's kind of interesting about it is I if I I was kind of cognizant during that time of meet the Barkers <clears throat> I never watched it but they're there I think the appeal of that relationship at the time was that there was almost a Pamela Anderson Tommy Lee aesthetic of like the rocker and the bomb the blonde bombshell kind of thing and I yeah I think that that experience is probably a confusing and exciting high of like being like we are echoing you know iconography we're like this iconic couple and we're conveying this power and so it's probably hard to like lose that after Mm -hmm. a while you know and I think that's the subtext of what we're seeing when we see her critiquing this and upset about this. And to your point earlier, there's almost something not to the same echelon or even thematically the same, but of 
Kim and Kanye like with Travis and Courtney, but I think we all trust us a little healthier because Travis is kind of bringing out Courtney's like rocker style. And there's this like meeting of minds and meeting of aesthetics happening and, and it's gripping the public. So there's almost like a Kim and Kanye echo to it and Courtney's own way, which is kind of fun to see. And it's also fun to see Travis's kids get in on the drama. Like they are fully yeah. outing their mom being like, you are an yes. absent parent. And yeah. I think that's kind of interesting in the like social idea of parenting, because obviously we see Scott Disick be pretty much an absent parent. Mm-hmm. He has like, you know, abused drugs and been having his issues with like not being able to stay sober. And then he's dating teenagers yeah. and, right. you know, so I think that is obviously difficult for Courtney and she had to step in as very much an active parent and the parenting conversation comes up a lot between her and Kim and about how mm-hmm. Courtney doesn't really want to rely on nannies as much as the other sisters maybe do and she seems to be mm-hmm. more of a hands-on parent in terms of like how she wants them to be raised she seems to have quite a like defined idea of that and then we see someone like Travis who obviously visually looks like the guy that your mom would die if you brought him <laughs> home like she'd freak mm-hmm. out but he's raised the two kids um yeah. And seems to have a great relationship with his kids. And, you know, they were in Disney World the other day. Yeah. Love that for mm. them. And the kids are like yeah, delighted that, you know, they're like commenting on Courtney being like couple goals. Like, <laughs> so it's that's what always freaks me out with celebrity when it's like, you know, the way like we see Stormy. Yeah. But like give it a decade and Stormy's going to have yeah. her own Instagram. Like it's like it's yes. so bizarre that they're just creating. It's like a rotisserie for yes. celebrity. Well said, totally. Um, I saw that clip of Travis's daughter talking about how she hasn't seen her mom, her mom hasn't been talking to her. And it is very interesting when the kids are brought into the narrative. And to reference the most recent episode, again, the they were showing the kids, the Kardashian kids, um, bite-sized versions of the show. It was like keeping up with Kardashians Jr. And just how they pressed on that tension of like, I think we've all wondered, like, at what point will the Kardashian kids see the show? What will that let be like for them? Are they allowed to see it yet? How is how are they dealing with that? How are they dealing with the internet? Do they censor their iPads? Like how are the kids involved in this project? Um, and it really feels like it's the ultimate fourth wall breaking somehow when we see the kids see some of the show. And then the kids didn't give a shit. It was actually really funny. Um, kids are like this when they see like, like they were showing the kids um, excerpts from their birth like courtney like having mason the delivery which is crazy that that was documented on the show and of itself but all the kids were hiding their faces and their eyes and there was just something about the image of the kids hiding shielding themselves from seeing themselves on tv it was because they were being kids and being grossed out by the delivery but something about these innocent kids not wanting to see themselves like captured that way was just kind of poetic somehow to me I don't know yeah I get you um so then to move on just quickly we'll touch upon the younger Jenner sisters so Kylie and Kendall uh something that I've saw I've seen you speak about before which I'd be interested to hear your um take on is Kim's coaching of Kylie to almost be a Kim 2.0 I thought that was such Mm -hmm. an interesting point yeah that definitely happened um Kim, there's a few episodes where Kim kind of advises a sort of media training on Kylie. There was some episode where Kylie was a little reluctant to show up to an event or something. And Kim was like, you got to be professional and develop your reputation. And, you know, 
meaningful way. Um, you have to be known for being prompt and polite and professional. Um, and then there are episodes where Kim's advising Kylie, Kylie, like own up to your lips, but don't go too far with the plastic surgery. And also just, so there's that mentorship of big sister, your little sister anyway, but then the fact that it parallels a very obvious physical echo or kind of resemblance. Um, I think we're satisfied seeing something like that. It also does send a message that you can buy Kim's face. You can be Kylie in a way and echo what Kim looks like in her essence or whatever it is about Kim that keeps us all watching. Kylie did it and it worked. She pulled it off. She was successful. She's actually the most successful in the family now. So I do believe there's messaging implicit in Kim's mentorship of Kylie for yeah, sure. I think even in your uh, point there about how Kylie began, became so um as successful I it's almost like they I always felt with the you remember the Forbes magazine cover like she was a self-made millionaire and all this kind of stuff and or billionaire should I say and um that she was the first of the family to be a billionaire or so I mean there's also kind of speculation over that because then later on it was like was she a billionaire but then Kim was also Mm -hmm. a billionaire when you brought her net worth together with Kanye Mm -hmm. it's almost as if that was a planned kind of media thing of like yeah the trained the like understudy of Kim then surpassed Kim so to propel Kim more maybe yes almost propel Kim as this mentor which now we see as her being this lawyer and this maternal figure and kind of like helping people and it's an interesting kind of parallel you know because I do find it yes. hard to believe that Kylie is the most successful and I'm not sure that if that's from us being here like in Europe like mm. Kim like uh, even if we're looking at their products so if we're looking at skims in comparison to like the Kylie makeup and the Kylie skin has been pretty much like Kylie makeup was very much momentary like when it came out with the lip kit mm. it was like I think I don't really, I think I knew a couple of people who bought it, but it didn't really take over as, say, like, Skims. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to buy Skims. Skims were, (laughs) you know, pretty big. And even just the way that it was marketed was so much more... Um, it just worked so much better and then we saw the Kylie skin, which was totally torn apart and really seemed to miss the mark in terms of, like, Kylie skin came out when skincare was, like, people really, like, women especially, really knew about skincare, Mm -hmm. understood skincare, and she comes out with this walnut scrub thing that was basically just torn apart by, like, influencers and skincare, and and it just seemed so, um, so childish like her products like she's like the Jojo Siwa of the (laughs) of the Kardashians so it's like it's hard to believe that she's so successful do you think it's from her Instagram or her YouTube Mm. or or what yeah I think it's um, a very strong social media presence they were always kind of pegging Kylie to be the Gen Z rep like I remember there was an episode about Kylie and her Tumblr and Kim wanted to have a Tumblr like Kylie or something like that yeah remember that yes yeah. I completely that has unlocked a memory in my brain I remember that <laughs> and Kim being like Kylie's Tumblr's so crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was so funny about that that's like the like sound bite in my head too she was like Kylie just expresses herself on yeah. her Tumblr. <laughs> so funny um no totally they had Kylie be that ambassador they put that on her for sure and the blue hair and they were like she's the young funky one and they need that that is some of their power too is that they're so multi-generational there's some there's a brand for everybody in every age group I think they're like I think the Jenner sisters are less interested in being part of it to be honest they're so successful they don't need to be um they're so successful to an earlier point you made because they are 
an amalgamation of their older sisters. Their older sisters did do the work and pave the way. And then they kind of showed up and they kind of reaped those benefits. Mm. Um, and now they don't want to show up anymore. They didn't um, have to be the guinea pigs. Happened. Yes, exactly. Right. Which is how birth order works in families anyway. I mean, yeah. I think we all see this in our own families. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So to talk about Kendall briefly, who's obviously in the news at the moment yes. for another tone deaf ad. Like I truly yeah, can't. Yeah. I cannot believe like I saw a TikTok of someone else the other day and they were just like it was like addressed to Kendall's marketing team they're like we know you hate her you must like if you are continuously putting her in these positions but it's like it seems that it must be quite um pre-planned because I mean for first of all who gives a fuck about tequila or you know Kendall Jenny's Jenner's tequila but when there's a viral moment around it um, right. It does seem quite, you know, like it propels it. It propels it, it completely. What do you think about yes. like Kendall in general, and then like kind of Kendall's, which is is, is very surprising. Of all of the, and then there's been so many controversies and scandals surrounding the Kardashians. You know, like you could argue that they survive off it to an extent. It is interesting that, I mean, that Pepsi scandal was so huge I mean yeah. to the point that like even over in Europe I mean it was quite like it was a politically charged time in America but like it was even like in Europe people were just like what the fuck is going on here like yes. it's interesting that someone who's so you know arguably maybe the most kind of bland personality wise Kardashian yeah. Jenner who isn't as outspoken who's famously also aligns herself more with her Jenner side she's always hanging out with Brody and mm-hmm. on the horses and with Brandon and you know it's interesting that and she's not controversial she's definitely the least controversial she doesn't kind of showcase her relationship she's kind of sexually ambiguous for a lot of the time yeah it's interesting that she has been involved in like two massive scandals yeah you're that's you make an interesting point about the blandness and then how it kind of intersects with so much controversy and it does feel like there could be some intentionality there like she is not intrinsically controversial or conversation starting. So we'll throw her in these circumstances that are. Um, Yeah, I see that totally. I think that that's also why she gets a lot of hate because there's such an obviousness that Kendall is sort of this vessel for different images and brands. I mean, she's a fashion model. That's what they do. But there's almost like the sense of like, how do you keep getting yourself in these situations? Where's your agency? Why aren't you saying no? Like, where's your sense of art direction? I think a lot of us respect Kim for the sense that she has of her ownership of her muse status. Like she's a vessel of image and people's um, art direction, but you kind of sense that she's got agency with it. But with Kendall, I don't think we sense that at all. Um, and it does feel the, the controversy with this tequila I think, okay, so with the Pepsi commercial, I think that was like an accident to some extent. I think it was bad branding, bad concept. And they were like, oh, that that didn't turn out well. But then they figured out it was like they're good at um, getting data from their mistakes and then using them that data for the next thing. So I think they were like, oh, this controversy thing works. So it's profitable, even with Kendall. And we'll just kind of like put her in these situations sometimes. Um, And they've never not profited from a controversy, even an accidental one, I think. And it is Um, quite weak when you think about it in comparison, like she's wearing, like she's on a horse, she's selling tequila and you know, in terms of controversy, it's pretty weak. It's not that deep, you know, and people can try and make it that deep, but realistically it's not that deep, but it also does because it came out that, which has happened so many times with the Kardashians that apparently she has stolen or very much seemingly copied the tequila from another tequila brand, which is like half the price 
price. The branding is pretty the same. The yes. name is very similar. Um, yeah. So sometimes it's like, are they purposely doing these controversial, say, ads to detract from the fact that mm. it is pla- she's plagiarizing another tequila? We've seen it time and time again yeah. where the Kardashians get called out for quite blatant plagiarizing and they seem to just get away with it even though it follows them a lot it gets very much swept under the rug Mm -hmm. yeah they're like a conglomerate like they know that they probably can and they'll make it theirs and they're too powerful to really be stopped and so um that is a real thing I think Kendall like you said this kind of sexually ambiguous I think she manifests a certain kind of masculinity in some ways and they were like oh so tequila is the right game for her to get in next like she's kind of like edgy in this fashion world thing tequila is what a lot of like male celebrities do to be cool or to kind of like validate whatever status of fame they're finally at let's do that for Kendall so again I think there was earnestness in this um and then her leaning into tequila now people paid attention but this is not a great relationship for Hollywood to have with Mexico but it's been going on my partner knows all about this history like since the history of the prohibition, Hollywood's been going to Mexico and exotifying the, the trade mm. of, me- of tequila and Mexican people. And um, Kendall is not far from the first one to do it. But at least now the conversation's happening. Of course, it was a Jenner that or Kardashian or Jenner that started it. But um, I think they did know there would be once they realized there's going to be controversy, they leaned into it and gave her braids and put her on a horse. <laughs> but it, it's certainly a way to dispel some of the other plagiarism and stuff yeah. and to kind of just like get it all mixed up like that in yeah. the media. I mean, we all are talking about it. For this sure. Probably very bad tequila. And, yeah. and mm-hmm. I like, I mean, as you know, I think, I mean, it's actually even kind of hard to get like good Greg tequila even over here you know it's not yeah. exported that much so I haven't I never knew anything about like the tequila trade and like the agave farmers but through the controversy yeah. I've actually learned so much yes. I'm like it's actually really interesting I've I've never known anything about it because it's not really a people don't really yeah. drink it here you know that mm-hmm. way it's not really like I mean we have a margarita every now and again but I wouldn't <laughs> I couldn't fucking tell you what tequila they use in it you know that yeah. way yeah which um, yeah. is it is interesting and it just shows their like the power of their their scandals and their controversies and how they do ripple into like every single culture I think Um, and also the positivity that can come out from like you know this like we just constantly see so much hate being directed towards this family and but however people and you know the public or the media talk about the Kardashians they have propelled like body issues um to Mm. be a massive conversation point sex sex issues you know separating from your the father of your child we've seen like yes. even before um like we were talking about the OJ Simpson trial like that you know was such a huge like I think everyone can even extract from that something yeah. like much smaller but like the fact that it was Chris's best you know good friend who was murdered yes. and, so and that it yeah. caused a riff in the family yeah that Chris yeah. obviously was on Nicole's side and it, it, there is so much in that that everyone has someone that they can project onto almost it's like that yeah. multi-generational kind of point you made before it's like are you Chris who is seeing their friend being treated badly by someone and it's causing a, a disruption maybe in your own relationship that they're taking the other one side or you know right. are you Chloe with the visible body issues or are you like Kendall who maybe is a bit more of a wallflower but like also like you know get tripping up constantly Mm. but they do stay tight together and when Mm -hmm. we see um I know that it took America by storm the Meghan and Harry uh interview with Oprah and when you see you know how the media is trying to pluck story after story about 
Harry and Meghan and trying to piece together the jigsaw of what's actually going on because they're so there's such a historical family and they're so like closed in like we don't even know who Harry was referencing when he was meant when mm. uh, or when Meghan yes. was mentioning about the racial comments and um you know they say the the monarch they're not even saying like oh my nan did this it's like this <laughs> right. uh, these unknown kind of people so it's a, like a yeah. very much and it did also come to light through that interview how the royals are bounce off the media and they work together and without you know yes. they need both to survive so I think with the Kardashians, like they are like a a modern royal family where like, you know, they are so like we touched upon, they're so unrelatable in their wealth and their looks and the way that they live and comments that they make. But they then can be kind of relatable in the fact that like regardless of their wealth, they have had major you know trauma in their family. They've had major upset that is completely out of their control and that regardless of their wealth, you know these things continuously happen like the death of their father that's something that like they can you know Kanye can get this 3D weird thing made you know for Kim's birthday but it's like no amount of money in the world can bring her father back so those things kind of do make us relate to them more especially because they are quite open with with all of their their issues absolutely you're totally right it's again that dialectic of no one can recreate their father in a crazy hologram, but a lot of us can relate to the grief. And it actually like presses on that experience, that very real experience when we see something so outlandish, actually. Mm. Um, it's a great way to represent that grief in a very clear, effective media kind of way um, that really communicates the deeper thing. Um, and I love that you brought up Meghan Markle because when I think about other public figures that have an effect the way the Kardashians do and that have so much um, density to their public images for analysis like this, Meghan Markle is the best approximation I can think of. Um, there's a, she, she brings out a lot of people's projections. It's almost like, um, like a projection test. You kind of learn more about someone by how they deal with the Meghan Markle thing. Um, you learn more about their value system, their own perspective, and the Kardashians bring that out in people too. Um, so Meghan Markle is really interesting to think about in relation to the Kardashians, just to kind of throw that out it there. It is, and even in the sense of like family, where we're yes. seeing Meghan and Harry basically tar and feather their family publicly like Harry has just come out saying you know suggesting that he wasn't raised well by Charles and that then how could he expect Prince Charles to raise him well when he wasn't raised well so he's like really you know making these outlandish statements about his family publicly Mm -hmm. and it's caused this major separation and you know it's a media storm which you know inevitably will probably like pump back money into the monarchy because it keeps them like you know in the media Uh and people interested however what I do enjoy about the Kardashians is that they do stick together and we've Mm -hmm. seen them punch each other in the head whack each other with bags you know (laughs) all this kind of stuff but they do kind of just stay together and maintain that like that solidness regardless of like mental things that happen even like the other week coming out that apparently Kim has slept with Travis and they seem they right. just seem to be getting on with it mm-hmm. which is kind of I think beautiful it's, in a way yeah I think they're yes. they're it, it I think that's what people really see when they see that family element it's like you know so Lindsay her two younger sisters are twins and like we're all really close friends and like I have oh. seen that fight of where Kim is like 
bashing Courtney and like we, mm-hmm. we were all like tag yourself like I was like Kendall just sat there neutral yeah. like I'm like <laughs> I can't get involved but it's also that thing of like when I see those fights happen with my friends who are sisters it's like the Kardashians I know at the end of the day they'll be fine so it doesn't yes. cause that kind of like <gasps> oh my god are we breaking up the band you know are you gonna yeah, hate yeah. each other it's right. like it's a bad fight but we all know and that's that weird comfort that the show the kardashians well, has. even to learn yeah. from them you know that like yeah. like why can't we get over this silly fight if if kim and courtney can get over literally beating each other up so on tv no, for real. For yeah real. just to end off what do you think about the show ending and what it says about the kardashian kind of dynasty I think they're going to be back. I think they're going to facilitate a comeback story. There's going to be a comeback narrative. And I think it's a really amazing timing. It's kind of perfect. I think we could have always counted on Chris to come through with the right timing. Um, There was a sense it would go on forever because it was all in place to do that. Like there's a next generation of kids that people will be interested in. We're going to see those kids in like 10 years. We're going to see their Mm -hmm. stories and on TV or whatever their reality show will be. But they needed a break pressure was high this year there was a lot of you know social pressure and consciousness raising and and the states there was the pandemic there was a lot of um resentment towards the rich they knew they had to take a step back they chose the right time and 20 is a nice round number to do it on so and there's all this crazy stuff happening in their personal lives that i think was a threat to their actual control over the narrative like kanye became kind of a real loose cannon um the Tristan stuff was its own mess so I think they just yeah they chose the right time and that is to your point where they you can learn from them like Mm -hmm. there are little lessons to take from it the power of family they echo it in every single episode at the end of every episode and they take it to heart they actually manifest it and model it and um in that sense I'm like okay Chris like I'm gonna pay take note that you knew when to show yourself the door just for a little bit like pretty well done yeah I think that's a a good note to end on because I think that that is their strength in that it was it was very unexpected because people always think that the Kardashians don't have class and there's that whole thing of like aging gracefully and pulling out before everyone expects you to and they actually turned it the script on everyone and exited before they were like in their 50s still having public fights with their sisters you know and are probably yeah. going to end on such an interesting, you know, narrative because we're going to be seeing this divorce and mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. with that. And like, you know, it's it's like the end of an era. It's the end of this power couple. But um, I think as well, taking a breather will inevitably, inevitably make people more intrigued yeah. because we're not getting that yeah. little keyhole glance. And because, and I think sometimes it is good to take a break, you know? Yes, totally. They became bigger really than the show. <laughs> Oh, we, yes. we loved so having you on. MJ, thank oh, you so fun. much for coming on. We had yeah. a blast talking to you. You were so well-spoken and it's so yeah. interesting to talk to someone who can make these, you know, juvenile, silly perceived conversations interesting and intelligent. Thank you. You too. Seriously. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.